Hello, welcome to First Time Parents. If you heard our podcast a couple of weeks ago, we are in the thick of, I guess, refinancing ourselves. This is season three, all about our relationship. And if you haven't heard, we've been sharing our therapy sessions. If you want to understand a little bit more about that, basically, we are putting ourselves completely out there, unfiltered for the podcast. The uh, therapy sessions have been edited for your convenience of listening to approximately under 30 minutes. Uh, But if you want to get the sessions in full, click the link down in show notes. Today's episode is sponsored by me. I'm bringing in the big bucks and sponsoring this podcast. So my book, Drunk on Confidence, was published in October. Um, It's been going absolutely amazing and the feedback I've had is awesome. It's a memoir about me from going from lost and anxious to self-assured. So if you want to get a copy of the book, it is available now in all good bookstores, send me a DM saying, Heidi, I want your book and I'll tell you the closest bookstore. Otherwise you can buy it online. All details are in show notes. Do you want to quickly let us know what you thought of the book, Cutie? Because you uh, did read it. I'm certainly not a big book reader, but when I eventually got around to it, because I had to finish my last book, but when I read it, I, I mean, a lot of the stories told in the story or the book was stuff that I'd known and uh, been a part of throughout the last, you know, 10-odd years of our relationship, probably going on 11 now. And um, for me, it felt very, you know, I felt sad for Heidi with the stories that she's, you know, oozed herself out and put it out there to the universe of, like, this is how I felt, what I went through, but also what was really nice to see was her just saying how she's got through that. And I think it's a very well-written book to show that you can get through some of these really dark and shitty times in your life. And, you know, kudos to you, Heidi, with writing it because it's not normal for the average Joe to go and put that stuff out there for the world to read. So I kind of gave you my inner thoughts, which most people keep as their inner thoughts, and then they suffer alone. And that's what happened to me for so many years. And so I put my pen to paper well, really, it was probably not pen to paper. <laughs> I'm not that old school. Uh, it was typing away on a laptop and it was seven years in the making. It was published by Big Sky Publishing at the end of last year. Like I said, the feedback has been insanely amazing and validating for me to not just be seen and heard and felt, but for others to see themselves. And the biggest compliment I've had is, Fuck, Heidi, oh, my God, you're in my head. And that for me has been life-changing in itself. There's lots of tips in there. I tell lots of different stories and I go really deep on how you can go from hating yourself to finding love, compassion and peace, especially with your body and your body confidence. You know it. I did, didn't I? I I should have wrote that on the back cover. Maybe I need to re, um, re, uh, what's it called? Rewrite the blur. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want more information on the book, please get down into show notes. Um, Send me a message. I'm going to be um, sponsoring the podcast for the next few weeks. So watch this space for discounts. Um, But without further ado, today's guest. Oh, I'm excited about this one. I've just finished reading her book, Intentional Profit by Claire Wood, Master Your Mindset and Money for a Wildly Wealthy Business. Claire Wood is joining us because if you heard our conversation on the podcast a few weeks ago, I was trying to explain 
how to really start to stop cock blocking yourself with your money and how you can have a better relationship with it because it's been working for me. <laughs> Show me the money. But you basically are very logical in the way that you see money. I need to see it. And Claire is an expert. She's a business coach. She's a qualified accountant and she's not your typical bean counter. She understands that making money is more about than, you know, boring old spreadsheets and budgets. It's all about mindset. So here we go. We're going to introduce Claire. So let's get straight into it, Claire. Let's get straight in. Claire, congratulations on your book, Intentional Profit. Well done. Bravo. Thank you. And thank you so much for your beautiful support of it, Heidi. I've seen you sharing it on socials and I really appreciate it. I know as an author, you know how much it means. Like when someone shares a story, it's just, you know, it really means a lot. So thank you. Well, I I know that, like I said, from firsthand. And when I got your book, I was like, put it to next to my bed and I'm going to read it. And it was because it was money. I know there was a block there for me because I felt like I had to put, you know, my business hat on, but I actually read it over Easter weekend and I read it within two days. And so it is a page turner. It's really simple and easy. And you don't just need to be in business to read this book, Intentional Profit. I think it goes for anyone. Just, I loved the takeaways about creating money meetings with your partner, your family. And as you heard on our podcast a few weeks ago, we've been talking about money because both of us have come from high paying jobs. And then we started a family, we got this house. And then all of a sudden we ended up having no jobs. I'd left radio. I didn't want to go back after becoming a mom. He'd left FIFO. And so our journey with money in the last couple of years, we've probably been spending like we were still, you know, the high flyers. Yeah. <laughs> single. Yeah, well, we weren't single, but like without child. Yeah. And we've had to have some big conversations. And so we need you here today to give everyone a little bit of reassurance about how they can change their mindset around money. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you said that about the book, because when I wrote the book, and I don't know if you had this experience, but I felt like I had written war and peace. It took me years to write. I thought I was writing this book that was like two inches thick. And when it rocked up, I was like, you're kidding. Is that it? That is my whole freaking life soul poured into that tiny little book. But overwhelmingly, the feedback that I've heard from everyone is they're like, dude, it's got profit in the name. No one wants to read a big ass book about profit. There is another um, well-known profit book that I have to admit, even as a qualified accountant, I picked it up and was like, oh my God, this is so boring. I couldn't even finish it. And so- I really wanted mine to be accessible, conversational, and very practical because, and Griff, hopefully you, you like this about me, but, you know, as much as I'm into all the, the airy-fairy stuff, the woo-woo stuff as well, I am very much a person who's like, tell me what to do. Like, what are the actual tangible things? And that's the way that I wrote the book as well, was that there's an actual action plan at the end of each chapter. It's not like, go and think about it. It's like, here's exactly what to do. Uh, pretty sure that's where I've turned all the pages. I'm sorry to do that to this beautiful, glorious book, but I've turned down all the pages of all the action steps that we need to do. So it that like for me, that was one of the biggest takeaways and really thinking about the money meetings to have because do you want to tell Claire how I kind of react to, well, I'm getting better, but what's my initial response to money? Well, I think we're talking, winding back the clock a little bit, 
our general finances, like I look after all the bills, um, you know, money comes into a, uh, our offset account and then we divide it into paying off credit cards and Heidi has her sort of splurge credit card, I have mine and all that sort of stuff goes on. And meanwhile, things go on with, you know, um, interest rates going up and you can take a little bit of a hit. And I, I know it's a touchy subject with Heidi. So I sort of, uh, I guess, protect her by that, knowing that things are okay. But it got to a stage where things were starting to, you know, things will need to change or we will need to tighten the belt. And it's always a touchy subject when Heidi's got a, you know, a relatively new business and you don't want to put pressure on her having to work all these extra hours to make more money because she enjoys her life slash um, work style that she's got going on. And it's it's always a tiptoe subject, you know, like you're walking on eggshells when you bring it up. And it usually does end into, I can't fucking deal with this or I don't want to know about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just recluse and just go back to doing what I was doing. And then then it plays on my mind constantly. And, you know, as an adult, you know, and a parent, you know, you need to address these things. And, you know, only probably over the last couple of months have we started to actually, you know, all right, what can we do? What what do we need to do? We need to get some help um, and we also need to action it. It's all good and well saying we've got the right ideas and thoughts, but if we don't action it, you're going to just be sitting spinning your wheels. So, yeah. But- yeah, we both kind of shut down. I'll shut down, then he'll shut down. And, yeah, and I know that you talk a lot about, you know, um, our limiting beliefs and, you know, from families, like our families, We've grown up very differently in our families, probably similar when we were younger. Well, but well, Financially, maybe quite yeah. similar, quite, you know, stereotypical Australian battlers, just, you know, your parents had their businesses, my parents worked, but it was never an abundance of money where it was kind of like, here you go, just take what you want, do what you got to do, you know. It was always bare minimum, always had shelter, always had clothes, always had food, which is first and foremost, but it was never anything more than that, you know. So I think we've got similar roots in that way of being brought up, which is great. And, you know, parents worked really hard to make the money. And I think it was your dad, I think reading in your story, Claire, um, how your dad went off and, you know, changed his career to make more money for your family because you have a very similar one to us. And But it's that whole mindset and limiting belief that you've got to work hard to make money. And I think that's where I've been wanting to discover this new way the last few months, but that is really scary and uncertain for Griffo. Yeah, there's so much going on here. So I know. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like so like excited. Room and it's like, oh, now yeah. we all know the backstory. <laughs> and I think it, it maybe it might be helpful for the listeners to go and listen to that episode as well to understand really. A lot of the emotive stuff that's going on for both of you, and I, I think in general there's so many emotions around money because literally it is a survival. Like it's it's something that is used for survival, and then there beyond that, it's it's where we can have fun and freedom and all of those other things. But the reason why it feels so emotional to us is because we can literally die if we can't afford to to eat, yeah. and our brain is programmed to keep us safe. Like our primitive brain is like, you've got to eat to stay alive. You've got to have a shelter over you to stay alive. So the emotions that we experience around it are are very much a a primitive emotion and they're, they're helpful as well because one of the coping mechanisms that we tend to have is we go, well, let's just, that problem is too big. I'm just going to ignore it. 
and the saber-toothed tiger is still there. And, you know, Griff, I'm the same as you in my relationship. I'm the person that was always the money person. I was taking care of it all. And if the other person isn't on the same page and isn't looking at what you're looking at, it's very easy for them to be like, yeah, you know, you need to chill out, man. You know, yeah. don't worry about it. Anyway, you've got this fucking weight on your shoulders. Just go exactly. Like, oh. And, you know, a, a bit of backstory because in 2019, you know, we, my husband and I were both running businesses. We had two young kids. We were in a really, really tough time financially. And we had maxed out a a really high, and this is, you know, being very vulnerable for someone who teaches about money, but, you know, we'd maxed out this high interest credit loan. We were defaulting on our rent and I was the one bearing all of the anxiety and stress around it because my husband, he's a super positive, optimistic, amazing guy, but he's sort of just always like, yeah, it'll be fine. And I'm like, it's not effing fine. Like we could get evicted from our house. And so- what I learned on that journey is that you have, someone has to be like, as much as he wanted to live over there, I'm like, you have to see what I'm seeing here and understand. And this is why, like, and I don't know if it was about that time, but like the power of money meetings where I'm like, sit down. I know you don't want, I know you don't like spreadsheets and I know you don't like booking and bank balances. I'm not being negative. I'm showing you where we're at. And then we can start to make decisions to take it to a more positive place. So I love that you're starting to have money meetings together as a couple, because I think that that is a really important first step in shifting where you were to where you want to be. Yeah. And we can relate to that because it was when we changed our, you know, our careers and we sat there and it was the first time we had ever bought out a budget spreadsheet and just writing and saying budget more like knowing exactly where our finances are. Then we kind of played around with that a couple of years ago. And then now we're back here again. And like we said, I think, when we were talking about it on the podcast, and I love to how you threw to that, you're such an expert. Uh, <laughs> when you said, like, listen to the old audio uh, of that uh, that episode, I'll chuck it in show notes as well. But I, I guess for me, I've been doing so much work in understanding manifestation and mindset that I, I know for me, I'm avoidant. So I am now trying to get into the numbers of my business and numbers in our family. And I'm, we are facing all our numbers at the moment. But for me, I think the missing link, which what I love about how you bring them both together. And I feel like there's probably a lot of people pressing play on this podcast today that are like, what does she mean? Like the mindset and the manifestation, because for you, although you went into the red with your husband at that time, what happened since then? You've, you're now living in your dream home on the water and, you know, your business is very successful. You've just published your book. So how did you take those steps to move out? Like, I, I yeah, I'd love for you to share. Yeah. So the first time I heard about manifestation and for anyone listening, a bit of backstory. So I'm an accountant by trade. I worked for in corporate firms for many years before starting my own business. So I'm a qualified accountant. I'm a CPA. When I first heard about the concept of manifestation, I am like, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Haven't you heard us drop like 20 <laughs> um, You know, I am like, what a load of bullshit. So what? Let me so get let me get this straight. So you just think positive thoughts and then stuff just happens for you. And I was like, it's just not fucking logical. It doesn't make any sense. And I really grappled with it. But then I started to watch people around me and 
the way that I've kind of reconciled it, and you'll note, I actually don't use the word manifestation very much because it kind of implies that you're sort of just like, woo, let's just think about it. Money just flies to us. I use the word money mindset because there is actual a lot of logical and psychological um, strategy behind the concept of manifestation, which is that what we are thinking about in our life, we create. Like that is, you know, I was in a really major car accident last year. Um, I'm very lucky to be alive today. And I've been working with my therapist around a lot of the work. And the first time I got back in the car again, I got rear-ended for a second time. So after, I'm not even lying. So I got hit by a semi-trailer truck. My car was written off, very lucky to be alive, was on this rehabilitation journey. And then the very first time I got the courage to drive again, I got rear-ended again. Now, is that unlucky? Hell yeah. But my psychologist said to me that they know that we tend to have things happen to us in almost exactly the same way because our brain is like programmed to receive things in the same way. Like if we've had, um, you know, a trauma play, like some until you break patterns, it things play out the same way. And I think this is all very relevant to the conversation about yeah. money because it's like, well, this is, the, it's not just woo-woo. It's not just like think positive. It's actually based in real psychology as well. And the the work that I do in the space of money mindset, yes, I do believe there are components of, of magic and sometimes things just come together and you're like, I can't even, I don't even know how that happened. But a lot of actually what I do is it's like, what are you thinking about? And if you are constantly thinking, we don't have enough, we don't have enough, we don't have enough, let's think about how this plays into our behaviors, action strategies. So if you're in a space where you're like, we don't have enough money, you don't understand we don't have enough money, what is going to happen? Like, for example, as a business owner, I then shop my marketing and I'm like, hey guys, um, can you please buy my stuff? Like, I really need people to buy my stuff now. Like, really, I really, really buy my stuff. Can someone please buy my stuff? Now, how does that play out in terms of your audience? They're like, oh, talk about that vibe. Like people want to buy from people like, gosh, I've so got it together. Uh, my business is uber successful. And to be honest, I don't, even, I don't even know if I've got time for clients right now. That energy is magnetic. Mm. And so- Sorry, I'm, I tend to go on a bit. I, I go no, oh my God, please don't apologize. For <laughs> nodding away. So I'll butt in. Don't you worry if I need to. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> but the point that I'm trying to make is that there actually is a lot of logic in how our thinking relates to our, like what, what our belief system is telling us, what our, our, uh, you know, our thinking is saying leads directly into the actions that we take. And even if we think that we're taking the same actions, like, for example, if you are freaking out about money, you might turn off your, um, you might stop investing in shares. You'll be like, we don't, we can't afford to invest at the moment. Let's turn that off. And you can kind of see how some of these things start becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm, yeah. I start freaking out about my business, stop investing in my business. But, you know, and it's not to say that sometimes it is the right decision to cut back on spending, to cut back on investing in the business in the short term. But these things, these actions that we take do end up becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I wanted to share this because I know if you are kind of a logical person and you're like, but this doesn't make sense. It's a lot of it actually is rooted in our actual belief systems, our frameworks and how this plays out in the real life world as well. Yes. Well, what are some of your beliefs around money? Like 
Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm a very, uh, I think I need to hold it physical, you know, like seeing it in your hand while I've got it, whereas to try and, you know, put it out there that this is where we're going to be. And it's not like I don't see myself having the things that I want and I don't believe that we'll get there. I just, I guess I don't fully believe it 100% until I get there because then it's like, well, I've actually fucking got it and here's real life proof, you know. Like if I said I've got a football in my hand and I don't, well, you don't. So, yeah. you know what I mean? And I guess, I don't know, it might be from upbringing or just my logical sort of brain kicking in more. Um, but they yeah. don't teach us this stuff, do they, Claire? But I yeah. do like positivity of, you know, if you're constantly going to be negative about something, well, guess what? The outcome is going to be negative. So I do agree with that. It's just to try and be positive, 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 and you're not seeing something. It's like I know that there's not like a, oh, if you're positive for five days and five days' time, you'll get what you're thinking <laughs> about. It's not, you know, as clean cut as that, but also the positive brain will eventually give you some positive somewhere along the line. Yeah, and I think this is the thing that's really interesting about our money mindset is it's like how everything that you think is going on is always coming through a lens. Is this because you might be looking and going, there's no money, Claire. Like there's actually no money. And I'd be like, and I I do this work all day, every day. I've been doing this for seven years. And I've had clients of mine who are like, I have nothing. You don't understand. And I'm like, okay, let's dive in and have a look. And I'm like, but you own like this percentage of a house. You have, um, you know, you've actually got some, you actually do have a, a savings buffer. Maybe it's not huge, but I'm like, you've actually got a hell of a lot more than a lot of people do. And our, you might be looking at something saying, no, it's a fact. This is what's going on. Whereas someone else might look at your financial situation and be like, holy smokes, they own a house. And, you know, maybe you, you're like, but we don't really own that much of it. But for a lot of people, what you have in your life right now is beyond what most people could ever imagine or fathom in their life. And this is what I mean is that when you talk about the real practical side of things, you are still filtering that through some sort of lens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? It's only he said to me yesterday we started talking about the um, rentals that we have because we do, like we made some great decisions when we're working, you know, in our higher paid jobs, but that's what's kind of costing us money right now. And like I said, this is very vulnerable share on this podcast, but we want to have this real talk because we want to let others know that we you can make a change in your mindset and if that's just one part of it. And so it was you yesterday, you're like, well, you know, actually, no, we do have where we've paid a big chunk of that house off. And I didn't know that because I kept thinking like, fuck, we've got to sell the rental and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then when we had this chat yesterday, it's like you start to see and it's like we paid for our car in cash. Like, so we own that. Do you know what I mean? Like there's all these different ways that I think, like you said, it's opening the um, not being so tunnel vision, isn't it? And opening your perspective. That's what I've been trying to, you know, express on this podcast and why I need an expert like you, because you just did it so well. (laughs) And we're always, I think this is the thing, the key, the foundation of money mindset to me is challenging the way that you're perceiving what's going on. Mm, and it doesn't mean that we live in la la land. We're like, everything's amazing, blah, blah, blah. But you know, the situation that I was in in 2019, like at the time I was having vision blackouts. My anxiety was so bad that my vision went black a couple of times. I was that stressed out about money. I look back on it now and I'm like, 
in the you know in the wisdom of someone who's been doing this work for a number of years and I'm like at that point in time we owned a house in Dremoyne in Sydney which is one of the most affluent suburbs in Sydney yes we had an enormous debt over the top of it yes we were struggling to pay it but you know <laughs> the beauty of hindsight like in the moment all I could see was we're struggling to make the repayments we're going to lose it we're going to get kicked out of our property and in hindsight I'm like we actually did have a ton of equity in that house and we probably did again in hindsight have some options like we could have gone and you know taken a a pause on the home loan we could have there's there are a lot of options that were available to us in that scenario even though there was a lot of evidence telling me you know everything's doom and gloom we actually had a lot of of and I guess this is the the thing about this work is that it's like, how can you look at this differently? And not just in like, la, 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 life's perfect, but I actually have choices here. And, you know, even when money's tight, like I, when I was listening to you talk about that, that episode, um, I was like, Heidi runs her own business. How many people on this planet can say, I want to make more money? And you might think, well, how? <laughs> There's, that you literally can go and create revenue streams that, and a lot of people in nine to five jobs cannot have that level of control over their income in their business. Mm. Yes. So what do you think from here, Claire, for people listening, for couples like us that are having, starting to have these conversations that, you know, one partner is maybe diving into the mindset and the other one's going, oh, but I'm seeing this. And do you have like three clear tips and, you know, obviously speaking from experience, you've wrote your book, Intentional Profit, that we could take away and, you know, the listeners could take away and go like, okay, this is it. We're going to tick these three things off. Yeah. Okay. So the first one I would say is that you have to be real with yourself and get into your numbers. Like turning a blind eye to a problem will never make it go away <laughs> in any area of your life. <laughs> if your relationship's struggling, you go, let's just pretend that's not going on and hopefully it'll get better on its own. It won't. And money is definitely not one of those areas. So I would definitely say set up your money meetings with your partner. Um, you know, to this day, my husband's still like money meetings and I've got my agenda. I'm a little dork with my Excel spreadsheet and everything. Oh, wow. I literally bring an agenda to talk to my husband about money. Um, but this process of being real and open about it is absolutely imperative to change the direction of your life. Uh, and it's not just looking at the numbers and being like, oh, this is crap. We actually do a cash flow forecast where we look ahead. We have a week by week, what's coming in, what's going out and when. Now, what this does is that firstly, knowledge is power. If you are going broke, if you're going backwards every week, you are anyway, right? But at least if you're looking ahead, you can say, right, cash is going to be pretty tight over the next couple of weeks. And you can either be like, let's suck it up. We'll dig into our savings. or it's like, okay, what are we going to do about it? So some examples of how in a real life world, this has played out in, in my you know, financial situation, my marriage, is that sometimes we go, do you know what? We don't really need to go on that ski trip in June. Maybe we could do it in September. Um, in my business, I have said, I don't really need to record the audiobook straight away. As much as I want to, I might, I can push that back. That's a couple of thousand dollars I don't need to spend right now. Uh, I can sit there and go, right, what are some things that I can do? This week in my business, I created a pop-up offer. 
And I said, I'm going to offer these 90 minute coaching sessions, something I haven't done in years, but I'm like, Hey, I can, it's my business. I can create ways of bringing in income. So what are some ways that I can either bring in some more money or what are some decisions we need to make? So learning how to cash flow forecast has been, well, I mean, it's something I've always known how to do because I'm an accountant, but t- when I teach people this, they're like, this is the biggest game changer. Look ahead week by week, what is coming in, what is going out and when, and you will feel a lot of people maybe feel a little bit sick, but I just want to tell you that was going on anyway. And now you're in the driver's seat. Now you're in the driver's seat to say, okay, this is going to be a tough time. Let's dig into our savings. Or what can we do? What if we drove Uber at night times? I've had one of my clients who literally that's what she did. She's like, I'm going to drive Uber for a, a period of time because that's what I need to do to, to keep this afloat. Or I'm going to go get a part-time job or whatever that decision might be. And you get to be, it, it just makes you feel so much more empowered and confident. Mm. Yes. Love it. Yes. Okay. Bring yeah. it on. Number two. <clears throat> Number two is to check in on your stories. So as soon as you do that activity, as soon as you sit down and have a look at, you know, what's going on with your, your finances and your business and your, your life, is to check in on your stories. And this is what I mean about, because what will happen to a lot of people is that they're looking at it through their lens. This is exactly what happened to me in my childhood. We're going to end up on the street, um, blah, blah, blah. We, we go into perceiving things through our lens and you just get to check. And if you are doing this with a partner, you get to say, hey, well, you know, is this real? And maybe it is. <laughs> mm. But also like what played out in your childhood doesn't need to play out in your child, in, in your life. And you get yeah. to say, you know, actually, we, we actually own an investment property. I mean, how many people actually own an investment property? We actually could make some choices here. Maybe we could take the loan to interest only if we really wanted to. We could do this. We could drive Uber. We could cut back on that. We could sell the car and buy a cheap, I don't know. Like it just, it's really about checking in like that. Hey, I'm actually in control of this situation. Mm, yes. The stories. I think, yeah. I think it's the, the daunting side, you know, because I do feel going back to being positive in that. And there are moments that I will get of going, I know we've got pockets of money in heaps of areas, but then you come back to, well, we're chewing away at our savings. Yeah. And, yep. and that's where we're at at the moment in going like what you just said, suggesting do you either make more money, cut some things out so you're not spending that money of your savings. And it's hard for me to not get drawn back into, holy shit, we are chewing away. Mm. But when you stop and talk about it, you're like, wow, we do have a lot of awesome things going on here. And I think this is the thing that I would just say to you is just keep coming back to like rather than playing victim to it, it's like, how can we, like, how are we looking there? If you were chewing into your savings, can you sit and say, for this short period of time, we're going to be, you know, going a little bit backwards, but we've got the game plan in place? Or do you say, actually, this is, doesn't feel aligned to us? And I think that this is where your values come into play. Like, for example, for me, it doesn't feel aligned to go into let's live on baked beans. We're not going out. We're not, you know, drinking alcohol. We're, you know, firing our teams. Like for me, that doesn't feel energetically aligned (laughs) to make those decisions. But sometimes there are certainly areas where I'm like, you know what, we don't need to do that right now. Let's make a decision to push that back or to an empowered decision. 
rather mm-hmm. than being in like the victim of, oh, our, our savings are getting chewed up. Uh, you know, it's like, well, okay, we made a decision that we were going to, like, for example, I've spent a ton of money on my book. I know, Heidi, it's it's a massive investment. <laughs> That's where some of our savings went. <laughs> 100%, yeah. But we we can look at it and we go, we knew this was going to happen. We knew it was going to be a tight period of time. What are we doing to leverage off the back of it to sell more through the business? Is this, you know, and, and again, sometimes, like, for example, I've had to make some calls in my business where I'm like, okay, it's time to start saying, we're going to start cutting back on some of these expenses now because it doesn't feel aligned to, you know, dig into the savings anymore. And so, but whatever decisions you're making, rather than being like, this is all going on, it's like, well, hang on, we're adults, we're in, we're in charge of our life. And being on the same page, like, what are your money values? Are they aligned? And then how can you make decisions to move forward from that point of view? I love that. And I love that you called him on it, Claire. Woo! But also, like, I just want to, you know, this is the thing as a couple is that you guys need to be having these combos and saying, because at the moment it feels like maybe there's a little bit of a mismatch between it, what feels good for Heidi. She's like, yeah, it's going to be great. It's all amazing. And then Griff's like, well, actually, you know, I don't feel great that we're digging into savings. And the thing is, when we're in a partnership and we're sharing money and household expenses and all of those things, it's extremely rare that everyone's going to think exactly the same about money at exactly every same point in time. There's going to be conversations where you need to sit down and say, look, this this doesn't feel good to me or what can we do about this or what are the options that we've got from here? And then, yeah, sometimes that, you know, that's compromise and it's making tough decisions um, or it's saying, I know for me, I tend to be like a, I don't want to cut back. So I'm going to go and bring in some extra money and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and then get out there and, you know, make it happen. So, yes. And I think, you know, that's such a valid point is like, and I think I mentioned it in that other podcast, but how I didn't realize how his needs weren't being met. That was one of his needs. And now doing the work that we're doing together as a couple and, you know, unveiling all that here on this podcast that was a game changer for me in seeing him in what he was going through, you know, it was like, fuck, oh my God, that was a need. He needs to see like an income weekly from me and the business because before everything was just going back into the business, mm-hmm. you know, that's all I, I knew what to do. And, you know, I was trying to raise this little human as well and not put him in daycare too much. And, you know, so I had all these other things that, but that wasn't a need for me. I didn't see that because I was seeing it come in the other way. Um, so having that conversation, yeah, we're definitely a work in progress and we're um, actually having a money meeting after this. So <laughs> I said, this is like perfectly getting us in the headspace. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, that, I think that it's so great that you're having these conversations because most couples never do. And money is one of the primary reasons that couples break up. Yeah. Like, and and it's tough having these conversations and, you know, being in different places and and then it's just like, okay, well, what are, what are the decisions that we can make jointly together? Um, this sounds really dorky, but off the back of our money meetings, we also write like an action plan. So I actually say, you know, Claire's going to get out and promote her new 90-minute sessions and get it out there. And I, I I, commit that I'm going to start bringing this much in per week so that I can help contribute more to the family household. Um, his actions might be go and do this or cut back on that or follow up that conversation. So we actually create our little uh, agenda, like our little action plan. And then oh, the, wow. next, the next week's meeting, we check in again and I'm going, how did you go on that? And he might go, oh, sorry, I forgot to do that. 
Hey, how are those sessions going? Did you fill all those spots? Excellent. Cool. That's extra money that's coming in this week. So, you know, it's it's not just like let's have a conversation and it goes nowhere. It's actually converting it into Thanks. actual actions. Accountable yeah. for your actions as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to come up with these ideas, but if you don't follow them through, you're just spinning your wheels. You're, you're not going anywhere. So, Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that that's a, um, a, a, a like a, a last little, I guess, thing is, you know, checking in on the stories, but then it's also then converting it into action. And we've kind of in a roundabout way covered off on that third point there, which is, you know, you don't just need to sit on a mountain and think about money and hope that it all just magically shows up. It's like, well, what are you actually doing to, uh, you know, to bring these things into fruition? Uh, as a coach who teaches about money mindset, I'm like, yes, we think we want to think positive and we want to, but also you don't just sit there and go, mm, I'm going to sell something. You need to show up in your social media and say, here's the offer. Here's the page. Here's how you work with me. If someone reaches out to you, you're like, here's the link, go and book it in and really actually taking it to that step of action. Um, and whether that's, maybe that's making a decision to cut back a team member's hours. Maybe it's making a decision. Do you know what? At this point in time, this investment doesn't feel aligned or can I push back that, whatever it is. Uh, and, and so it's really taking the thinking, the thoughts, and then putting it into a practical action as well. Mm, so good. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any questions? Um, I mean, I mean, for me, you know, naturally it doesn't come to be, you know, about this, you know, money will come and all that. And I, I and I know that I've always said to myself, I always get what I want. And that's not being big headed. I just know that I will get there, whether it's today, tomorrow, next year, or 10 years' time. I've just had that because I, I know I do do the groundwork and work through and push hard to get what I want. But I guess, yeah, what tips have you got to try and be more present and be, you know, mindful about being positive about wanting or getting this, you know, this 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 train off the off the ground and get going, you know, like we want to, yeah. How can we be more positive? He's like book in for my ninety minute session. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so look, I think uh, this the, one of the things in, about mindset about manifestation is that people think I'll just think positive and it'll just happen. Now. Griff, I want you to think back to times of your life where there was something that you really, really wanted. And maybe, maybe you could share it if we've got a um, why not? Let's share, let's share a story about something that you were like, I really, 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 really want that thing. I think this house. Well, but I think, well, yeah, there's that. But I think going back prior to having a kid, mm. I kind of got it pretty quickly because I was lucky enough to have a stable job that paid well. But now not having that stability, I don't feel like I have as good a control of getting what I want as soon as I want, if that makes sense. So because the circumstances have changed dramatically and that's maybe where I've lost a little bit of faith or a bit of trust in the, you universe. Know, the universe maybe <laughs> because there's also the reality side of things. And I, I don't say that in in a way of, you know, putting us down with what we've achieved because we've achieved so much awesome stuff. And like you said before, I think you do forget about that. And when it gets laid out in front of you and someone else looks at it, they're like, holy fuck, you guys are killing it. And I know we are, but we probably don't praise ourselves enough. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really know, to be honest. Like the things that I wanted, I got when I was financially stable. So, say, so hang on. Let, let me just stop you for a second there. Because I think that in hindsight, 
And again, I could be wrong, but I want you to really, really dive deep. Like, for example, us getting this house, I'm like, no, it came together pretty easily. When I was in the moment, it did not come together very easily. We got to offer stage and then we lost our house and then the market was going crazy and then we couldn't get the loan and then a whole bunch of stuff. And even though now I'm like, no, everything just happened pretty. I'm like, it actually didn't. (laughs) It took a long time to get. And this is, I guess, just what I want to explore with a little bit of curiosity is that maybe the next level of financial freedom to you right now feels like it's so far away. It's not coming together. And I just want to challenge you if maybe, like, have you literally always got everything you ever wanted instantaneously? No, but I guess I might keep myself within a banner of like that's achievable. So maybe I don't push myself as much. But like you just said, going back, looking back at the house, of course, it's a stressful time, but maybe it's a male thing. Maybe it's a me thing. I don't know, but I am programmed to try and forget about the the hard times and think about the positives. Yeah. It's like a female going through childbirth. I guess the reason that I wanted to highlight this is because when we're in the process of creation, you know, for me right now, we've got the dream location. We are living in this tiny little house uh, and we want to build the dream house here, right? And right here, right now, I feel like I'm looking at this mountain. I'm like, God, I can't even, it feels unfathomable to me that we are ever going to have enough money to build this house. But I'm like, but where I am right now felt unfathomable to me in 2019 when we were barely paying our rent. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes what I think happens is that when you get somewhere, when you step into energetic alignment with a new normal, you almost forget about the the heartache and hardship and everything that it took to get you there. And you're like, no, I've I've always been, uh, you know, I've always been pretty fine with that. And it's like, well... Maybe you've just forgotten the journey to get there and you're now in the journey to assimilate into your next level. Does that make sense? And I talk about um, we have a, 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 you know, an energetic alignment. We have somewhere where we feel super comfortable. And so for some people, they feel super comfortable when their credit card is maxed out. They don't own a single asset to their name and their credit card is maxed out to $5,000. And people are like, I'm terrible with money. And I'm like, but you actually, like you always end up back at the same spot, which is that your credit card's maxed out and you still somehow manage to pay rent. And so what happens is that as we're shifting to a new energetic normal for us, there's this whole bunch of discomfort because it's like, uh, you know, we've always had that much and we were shifting and it's changing and it's uncomfortable. And then suddenly what happens is that you just become like, well, of course, of course that's normal for me. Uh, of course it's normal for us to have, you know, no debt. Of course it's normal for us to always have $100,000 of savings. And then when it starts to go below that, you're like, this is not normal for me. Like we've always got $100,000 of, of savings. And so it's just kind of shifting into that new, what your new normal is. And then you'll hit a point where you're just like, oh, this is just, this is our new normal. But there's a lot of discomfort in the process of change. And it's going to be really challenging because you're like, I'm not used to feeling like this. It feels uncomfortable. It feels awkward. Um, maybe it's all it was all just luck and now we're going to, going to go back down to zero. I don't know. But the thing is, is that you kind of having that faith and having that assurity of where you're going as you're stepping into it is what's ultimately going to get you there. And you'll look back later and be like, oh, no, that happened pretty easily. <laughs> no, we transitioned through Heidi going into a business. Fine. No, it's totally, no, 
bit of a bit of a tiny bump in the road, but then we're sailing. Mm. So yeah. I know I've gone on a bit of a tangent again there. Oh, I but I love it because I think it's, it's so, so relatable. relatable. It's so relatable. Like these are the conversations I think and the things that come up for the people that, you know, we talk to and and listen, you know, that listen to the podcast. And, yeah, I just I could talk to you all day, Claire. I said to Groove, I was like, if we talk too long to Claire, we have to get her back again for part <laughs> two of more money mindset because I think for a lot of people right now they are feeling the you know, the fear, especially of inflation in everything. And, yeah. you know, it is a really scary time, for, especially if you've got a child or a toddler and, you know, and and so we wanted to have these conversations because we're like, fuck, this is real and it's happening in our house. And we've always felt really comfortable. And, you know, we can't imagine for people who were not feeling super comfortable before how they're feeling now. Um, so they have to go buy your book. Obviously, they're going to follow the three tips, but Intentional Profit by Claire Wood. Where can we find your book? I will chuck it all in show notes, but it's available on your website, yeah? It's available on my website and through Amazon and Booktopia. Yes, this uh, is so number one on Amazon. So it's a number one bestseller, um, which was on Amazon. So Amazon, uh, your website, we'll chuck it all in the show notes so people can get around it. But I mean, I read this as a businesswoman, but for me, like I said, I found it super relatable just for a family household as well. So I feel like anyone could get their teeth into it, you know, and you'll be done in 48 hours. It's a page turner. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And I hope that the listeners, you know, whether you run a business or not, if I really do think that there's so much like power in just having that knowledge and taking the time and really sitting down and saying, what's going on? How can we be in the driver's seat? Don't feel victim to it because it's going on anyway. So sit down and say, what are we going to do about this? Be real with yourself. And that's one of the most empowering places of where you can start to go, okay, let's change this story. Oh, awesome. Well, Claire, thank you so much. I'll chuck all your details in show notes. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, Yeah, it's just been an absolute pleasure. Like I said, we'll have to get you back soon. Amazing. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. Well, that's it from us. Thank you for listening to First Time Parents. Please rate and review. We are you know, just blown away with the feedback from you all, especially around our therapy sessions. If you want any more information on Claire, check the show notes below. And of course, massive love and thank you to our sponsors today. Who's that? Drunk on Confidence, (laughs) Heidi Anderson. Yeah. So my book uh, and being published by Big Sky Publishing is the sponsor today. If you want more information on that, it will be in the show notes as well. But thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye.